0: As believers, we can live victoriously over the flesh, the world, and the devil. In part 7 of this series, we discover biblical instructions for believers to live victoriously over the devil. To lead us in
1: our declaration, we have one of our young men, Nirmal Kunderhood. who would do that for us, Nirmal.
2: Morning, Church. We serve an amazing God. Amen. Uh, so just before we do our declaration, I just want to uh, speak a few things from the word, uh, just showing us the importance of uh, speaking the word over our situation. Uh, so uh, if you can turn to Mark chapter 5, uh, verse 25 to 29. Uh, it's a familiar passage. Uh, it's about the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, and we see... Uh, in that uh, incident uh, how you know this this woman had been suffering from this uh, ailment for almost 12 years and uh, she was fed up with uh, treatment from uh, the natural uh, medicine and when she heard about uh, jesus coming uh, where she was staying she said you know if i can only touch his clothes I shall be made whole. You know, so uh, she believed that when she she could touch his garment, he she would be made whole. Uh, and we see that once she went and touched him, she was completely ho- made whole immediately. Uh, another scripture we see in First Samuel 17 verse 37. You know, David says. Uh, when he's going before uh, he goes to the battlefield to meet Goliath, Uh, he speaks the word before he goes to meet Goliath. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And we know how that story ends of how uh, David kills Goliath. So uh, as we uh, do our declaration today, uh, I want to encourage us to, You know, speak the word and expect the word uh, to, you know, work in our lives. So, shall we all just stand up? Hold our Bibles high. And say this out loud, bold, and strong. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become... Everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I believe his word, I receive his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and and to him I am in absolute surrender. I walk in the more glorious covenant with God. I live in the more glorious life in the Spirit. I manifest the more glorious ministry of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May
1: be seated okay all right I've got some testimonies to share with us this morning uh, all of these came by email just three quick testimonies um, this past the last Sunday, so this is the first one. Uh, this person writes and says, do you all like testimonies or no? All right, okay, you're very quiet. So, <laughs> During the prayer at the service on 28th Feb, which is last Sunday of February, as a prayer for healing was being called out, I started praying for people I know. Then Pastor Jean called out for the tightness in the fingers, for a few months, I've been having a condition in my right hand, a trigger finger, with the uh, which the orthopedic said correction is only possible through surgery. My ring finger gets locked when I do work, and it takes a few seconds to straighten out. As soon as Pastor Jean prayed, I lifted my right hand and claimed my healing. I felt suddenly a release and can move my fingers without any pain, and the finger has not locked ever since. Amen. Uh, she so also shares another testimony. Her husband was also watching the service with her. So she said uh, they had an accident uh, where he had had uh, bruises and uh, uh, impact on his chest, and the pain was very excruciating. He couldn't move or sleep. Uh, So during the same time, closing prayer, that was on the 28th, uh, Supernatural Service, uh, she said during the same closing prayer, she held her husband's hand and prayed. Then he went to sleep, and uh, when he woke up later that afternoon, he said, the pain has completely vanished. Uh, They had even suspected a hairline fracture there and told that it'll take four weeks and he had to take a lot of painkillers, but he's been pain-free ever since and is back to his normal routine. Amen, amen, the Lord is our covenant healer. It's a wonderful testimony. Here's another testimony that came in uh, saying uh, this person had uh, uh, pain in the kneecap uh, for about uh, two weeks. Uh, They had this pain off and on and um, two weeks had passed and that that was Supernatural Sunday and there, there was severe pain in the bone around the knee. And uh, on Supernatural Sunday, uh, this person prayed and believed for healing. And uh, around 4 p.m. that day, uh, uh, I forgot the the name of the person, but anyway, this person decided to take off the knee guard that they were wearing on the knee to test if everything was okay. And this person writes, a week has gone by and I don't have any pain. So that knee was healed. No more knee guard. God bless And here's a quick one here. Uh, Again, it happened on the same uh, Supernatural Sunday service. Um, The person was attending the service in person. And um, uh, she had an unusual bleeding for more than a week, which was quite heavy every day. And, uh, you know, this was Benny who mentioned healing for someone with blood conditions. Uh, So she wondered it was for her, but she prayed anyway. And the next day, the very next day, Everything stopped abruptly and she's never had the problem since that time. Amen. Thank God for all of these testimonies. And, uh, you know, we thank God for these miracles. And we're expecting to see more and more. Amen. More and more lives changed. More and more lives impacted. More and more uh, healings taking place. And God demonstrating his power. All right. Are you ready to spend some time in the word of God? Amen. You love the word? Okay, let's do something. Take your Bible and say, I love my Bible. I love God's words. It's very precious to me. Amen? It's good to love the word of God. It's good to just love his word and take his word into our lives. Over the last several Sundays, we've been talking about overcoming. Overcoming. And what we really want to impress in each of our hearts and each of our lives is that we are are overcomers. Each one of us, we are overcomers. Uh, just to recap a few things, uh, the Bible tells us, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So you are an overcomer. God has, the time, from the time you were born again, from the moment you were born again, That's your life. It's an overcoming life. But we have to learn. We have to understand truth. We need to know how to walk in truth to experience and live that overcoming life. And that's what this whole series uh, was intended to open up for us. So we mentioned that the basis for us to live an overcoming life is the cross of Jesus Christ and our identity in Christ. The cross of Jesus, because that is where Jesus finished the work for you and me. He did the work that was needed for you and me to live victorious uh, in this life. And uh, our identity in Christ, knowing who we are in Christ is so important. Because we have to live out of that identity. Live out of who you are in Christ. And that is the basis for you and me living that overcoming life, that victorious life. We also said that God has given us his word and his Holy Spirit to enable us to live victorious. So the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Without the word of God, without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we cannot live overcoming lives. We are dependent or we have to depend on God's word and the work of his Holy Spirit in our lives. And then the messages that came after that, we talked about overcoming the flesh, overcoming the world. And today we're going to finally talk about overcoming the devil. The point is that all of us, all of us as believers, can live victorious lives. We can overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. We can live victorious lives, and we are just, you know, just sharing biblical truth uh, that will help us uh, know how to do this. And I want to sort of quickly review some of the things we shared in overcoming. Uh, The flesh. Uh, We shared these things. We said, "We said you should know you are free from the power of sin. Use the word in relation to your area of weakness. Uh, Walk in the spirit and crucify the flesh. Put on Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. And get another believer to walk with you. These are simple, practical things that you and I can do to live victorious over the flesh." Last uh, Sunday we talked about the world. We addressed the and the fact that you know we do face uh, challenges and difficulties in the world. We we know we face worldly influences and attractions. There are the cares and the pressures of the world. There are troubles and persecutions. We face all these things, and all of us face it. But what do? How do we live overcoming the world? And I'm just reviewing. We mentioned these four uh, biblical practical instructions. We said number one, we set our desires on things above. We are sanctified by the word and the spirit. We must live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. And we must be spiritually minded and earthly wise. So these are things we covered last Sunday. So today, we're going to talk about how do we overcome the devil? How do you live a life that overcomes the devil? And I want to keep this very simple, very practical things that you and I can apply in our everyday lives. Let's begin by reading two scriptures that are very familiar for us. Let's go to James chapter 4. And verse 7. We're going to read that together. James chapter 4, verse 7. Let's all read it out loud, please. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's read it again. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's also read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Again, these are familiar verses. Let's read them out loud together. Let's go. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So the scriptures make it clear in these verses and in many other places that we have an adversary. We have an enemy. So as long as we are on the earth, there's an enemy to contend with. He's the devil. And the Bible tells us, resist him. In both these verses. What does it say? Resist him. That means oppose him or stand against him. Don't tolerate him. Don't accommodate him. And don't entertain him. Resist him. And the Bible says if we resist him, he will flee from us. I mean, he will run in terror from us. So the point I want to impress on our hearts is it is possible for you and me to live a life where the devil stays resisted. Meaning, stay away. He is there. He's going to try his tactics. He's going to try doing what he does. That's that's what he's he's up to. But if we resist him, we can keep him away. Because the Bible says resist him and he will flee. Stay away from you. Now, you know, just for the sake of understanding, we could say, put it like this, that, you know, God created Adam and he gave this earth to Adam, which is true, but then Adam handed it off to the devil, right? So Satan has room here, space here on this earth because it was handed to him by the one whom God handed to, handed it to in the first place. So he's got a period of time on the earth. We know all of this is going to come to an end. Revelations chapter 20, 21, 22. We know the ending. But he has some time on this earth. So as long, and as long as that time period is there, has not elapsed, he's going to be around. He's going to be doing his things. And so you and I are making our journey on the earth. We have an adversary. But we don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to live controlled. By the adversary. We can live victorious. We can live in a way where we resist him and he keeps his distance from us. That word devour there in in 1 Peter 5, 9 or 8 and 9, it's interesting. The word simply means he's trying to gulp us down. One full. He was looking, whom can I gulp down? Take them out Completely. And you and I don't have to be one of those whom the devil gulps down. No. We can resist and keep him away. So what are some of the simple biblical truths that you and I can apply uh, to keep the devil away? But before I get there, I just want to uh, look at, you know, try to understand some of Satan's activities by just looking at his titles. Uh, Here are some titles that the scriptures use uh, to uh, refer to the devil and uh, it gives us an idea on how he operates. Number one, he's a tempter. So what does he do? Tempt. He's called the tempter. So his job is to tempt people. To allure us. To seduce us. To tempt us. And obviously he's going to tempt you and me in our areas of weaknesses. He's going to come there put those things that you and I are susceptible to and he's going to try to draw us come, 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 come tempt. he's called the tempter so you and I face temptations from the devil that's one of his operations he's also referred to as the accuser accuser means he's going to try to bring charges against us, he's going to you know throw out all kinds of false accusations against us. Make us feel guilty, make us feel bad, make us feel unworthy. So he can tell you, oh, you're good for nothing. God doesn't love you. You know, God's given up on you. Man, he tried so hard. <laughs> He's given up. All those things, accusations against you and me. That's the way he operates. And sadly, if we believe his accusations, then we give up. We say, okay. Maybe I'm unfit. Maybe I'm no good. Maybe God can't do anything with me. But all we've done is entertained an accusation of the devil and given in to that. That's his job. That's how he works. Accusations. Thirdly, the Bible refers to him as a deceiver. He's a father of lies. So as a deceiver, he tries to get us to believe a lie as though it was the truth. Or to disregard the truth as though it was a lie. That's his job. Now we must not take his, decept, his ability to deceive in any in a casual way. Because the Bible says he can deceive nations. He's a deceiver of nations. Think about it. I mean, he just doesn't deceive one or two people. He can deceive millions of people. He's a deceiver of the nations. He can get huge numbers of people to believe a lie. That's how intense his deceptions are. He's a deceiver. Now he comes down trying to get you and me. Do the same thing with you and me. Get us to believe a lie. And if we believe the lie, then we empower him in our lives. But that's his bait. A lie, a deception. Trying to get us to believe it. He's a deceiver. And last title that we look at is he's our adversary. He's an opponent. He tries to obstruct us. He tries to put hurdles. He tries to put obstructions, hindrances in our path. That's his job again. He's an adversary. So this is how, you know, these are some of his operations. And we are not ignorant of these things. This is how he works. So how do we live victorious over the enemy? Are you all with me so far? Right? So uh, the message is very simple. I want I want us to dwell on four simple points, uh, four simple biblical truths that you and I can use in our uh, engagement against the enemy and how to live victorious. Number one, and I'm going to explain each of these. Number one, we must know that Satan has been defeated. Number two, we must be aware of the enemy's tactics. Number three, we must be vigilant. And give the enemy no opportunity. Number four, we must use our spiritual weapons. We're just going to go over these four practical instructions. Number one, know that Satan has been defeated. As believers, we need to know what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. On our behalf, he defeated Satan. Amen. As far as the Bible is concerned, as far as the Bible teaches us, the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms that Satan has been crushed. He has been expelled. He has been condemned. He has been disarmed. He has been destroyed and rendered powerless. Can we all say that together? Let's say together, Satan has been crushed, expelled, condemned, disarmed, destroyed, and rendered powerless. Now many of these things we've shared with you before, but it's good to repeat things so that we can be reminded of it. Otherwise, we forget these truths. For some people, because we have new people coming in always, uh, it's good to repeat these things so that they can catch it. And for those of us who've heard it before, it's good to be reminded that Satan has been crushed. Crushed. He's been expelled. He's been destroyed. He's been disarmed. He's been rendered powerless. He's been condemned. Condemned means... In the court, the justice, the chief judge has sat and passed the verdicts, And he said to the believers, you are acquitted, you're justified. Satan, you're condemned. Case closed. Don't come back. No more arguments. So you and I are not going to the courts of heaven to argue our case. It was done 2,000 years ago on the cross. Are you with me? On the cross, the case was closed. All the handwriting of offenses written against us was taken off out of the way. It's done. So I don't have to fight a case anymore. Jesus fought it for me. The verdict's already been passed, and Satan has been condemned. I have been acquitted. You have been acquitted. Amen. And our advocate, Jesus, stands there saying, Hey, case closed. Don't come back here. Are you with me? Uh, are you with me? <laughs> so we are acquitted. The case is over. Satan has been condemned. There are no more court cases to fight because it was done 2,000 years ago. Satan has been expelled. His right over you is over. Is kicked out of your life. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen? So if you want to be a little rude, you can say, Satan, you've been kicked out. Evicted. Expelled. If you want to be more biblical. But it's happened. Jesus did it. Now you and I, as believers, we need to know this. And many believers don't know it. In their mind, Satan is still this big enemy trying to destroy, trying to intimidate. You know, uh, in the days before the lockdown, if you walk by MG Road or some other street, you'd find these big inflated, uh, I don't know what, what it is to call them, but there'll be these big, you know, inflated, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. They stand on the roadside waving. They look so big, nine feet tall, you know, maybe five feet wide, and inside there, the thin, skinny fellow, maybe. So Satan is like that, right? He he pretends to be so big, but actually inside, he's an enemy who has been crushed, who has been condemned, who has been expelled, who has been destroyed, who has been rendered powerless. And to those who don't know the truth, He appears like this so big, pretends to be so powerful. But when you know the truth, you know how to deal with him. Look at some of these scriptures. There are many scriptures, but Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus disarmed, disarmed, took away all the weapons. He disarmed the principalities and powers and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. In it means on the cross. Jesus disarmed. He disarmed the devil. He made a public show of them. Put, it, put them on this Said, Guys, I want you to know. I want heaven, earth, and hell to know. These people have been defeated. Put to shame. On the cross, it was done. And so Paul writes in Romans 16 and verse 20, he says to the believers... And the God of peace. Let's read it. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Shortly, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. He's saying, believers, you you need to come to that place where Satan is underneath your feet. You walk in this. The God of peace will crush Satan underneath your feet. So as a believer, you must have the sense of dominion, the sense of authority, the sense of mastery. You should be able to laugh at the devil because you know the truth. Amen? Because you know what Jesus Christ has done for you. He says, Satan, only one place under my of shoes. <laughs> underneath your feet. Underneath there. That's the only place for the enemy. Are you with me? So know, that's the first thing. Know that Satan has been defeated. Number two, be aware of the enemy's tactics. Again, these are things we've shared with you earlier before in previous years. You know, be aware of the enemy's tactics. The you know, Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Let Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we don't want the enemy to take advantage of us. You know, if we are ignorant of his schemes, of his devices, of the way he works, then he has an advantage. But as a believer, you don't have to be ignorant of his devices. You know, and, and you're very aware. This is how the enemy works. And if you want to summarize how the enemy works, it's three simple things. Number one, he plays mind games. Satan is defeated. How come he's causing so much trouble? Because he plays mind games with people. It's in the area of the mind that he puts his temptations, that he brings his accusations, that he brings his deceptions, that he brings his intimidation. It's in the area of the mind, putting all those thoughts. So he plays mind games. And the only way we resist those mind games is by the truth. The truth of the word of God. That's why you and I as believers, we need to stay with the Bible. You know, we believe in the prophetic. We believe in visions and dreams, but we don't live by the prophetic. We don't live by visions and dreams. We live by the written scriptures. Because every vision, every prophetic word, everything that people put out these days needs to be tested with the word of God. And there are, I'm sad to say, there are some believers, they are so shallow in the word, but they know everybody else's vision and everybody else's prophecy. It's a shame. Shut all that out. Just know the truth. Know the word of God. Because if you know everybody else's prophecy, you know everybody else's vision and dream and so-called spiritual experience, and you don't know the word of God, you have no basis to test those things. And you're giving the devil a big open door. To deceive you. Are you listening? So get established first. In the truth. The word of God. Because the devil plays mind games. And he brings untruths. He, he's a father of lies. He can package lies. As to look like the truths. He can pack kids' untruth to look like the truth. and if you don't know the truth, you will swallow the untruth. So the only way to combat that mind game is to know the truth, be established in the word of God. not the word of God, because he plays mind games. Secondly, the enemy looks for open doors. He's like a thief. And what does a thief do? He looks, okay, where did people leave the door open? Window open? Where can I get access in? He's looking. And that's what the devil does. He looks for open doors in our lives. And sin leaves an open door. When you and I are continuing an intentional sin, it's an open door to the devil. Are you listening? So we need to keep the doors closed. Keep every door of your life closed. No entry to the devil. So keep the doors of our lives closed. Because he looks for open doors. He's a thief. He tries to sneak in through those open doors. He he waits for those opportunities. So the moment you and I do something wrong, immediately you repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I did something wrong. I repent. Close the door. Satan, no more. No access. See, repentance is really, the word repent, metanonia in in Greek simply means to think differently. To repent means to think differently. If you don't start thinking differently, repentance has not started. You can have the drama of repentance, you know, come to the altar, tears going, ah. That's all drama. Because until you start thinking differently, you haven't repented. Let me repeat it again. Until you've started thinking differently, you have not repented. Because the meaning of the word repent means to think differently. Are you with me? Otherwise, you can come and do all the drama. Let's all look at him. He has repented one hour, full tears. His mind is thinking the same thing. He'll go out and do the same thing. Do they commit the same sin. Why? Because he has not acknowledged that what he was doing is wrong in the first place. He has not made the decision to think differently about his sin. So the drama of repentance means nothing until you decide to think differently about that sin. That's what repentance is. Now the fruit of repentance is changing your conduct. That's how we can tell you have repented, that when your conduct changes. Those are the fruits of repentance. I don't know why I got off on this, but coming back to the main point, the main point was keep the doors closed. Okay, that's where we started. So in case we do something wrong, repent, shut the door. But remember, repentance means you think differently about it close the door. The devil has no access. So the devil looks for open doors. And the third third part of his strategy is he violates, he attempts from time to time to do things he is not allowed to do. And that's where you need to know what the Bible says is yours. Because if you and I don't know what the Bible says is ours, then we will accommodate, accommodate the devil. But the Bible tells us and you know, uh, not to give any place to the devil. So we accommodate the devil when we're not supposed to be accommodating him. Because he is an intruder. He's a trespasser. He tries to get on property or on place that he should not be getting his feet on. But that's his tactics. Be aware of these tactics. Are you with me so far? Number three. How do we live this life overcoming the enemy? Be vigilant and give the enemy no Opportunity. Don't give the devil any place. Ephesians 4 and verse 27 says, let's read it out loud. Nor give place to the devil. Don't give any place to the devil. Don't give him even a place to keep his foot, to land his foot on. Don't give any place to the devil. How do we do that? James chapter 4 verse 7 it tells us that says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice, before you can resist the devil, what must you do? Let's read it, let's read it again. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So before you and I can resist the devil, what must we do? If we don't submit to God, we can bind the devil, we can lose him. We can turn him in and turn him out. We can do all the tamasha we want. It will not amount to anything. Why? Because we didn't do the first thing, which is submit to God. Authority flows through submission. Submission. When we submit to God, then his authority flows through us. When we're not in submission to him, there is, his authority doesn't flow. That's why we are ineffective when we are trying to resist the devil. But submit to God. Bring every place, every part of your being in submission. Father, I lay my life down at your feet. Every area of my life, I want it to be aligned to you. I want my thinking. I want my relationships with people. I want my conduct. I want my speech. I want how I handle my money. How I handle my time. How I steward my health. How I steward the resources you've given me. I want everything to be in submission to you. Now when we are living like that, then when we resist the devil, he's going to flee. Because authority flows through Submission. So how can you and I ensure that we don't don't give the devil uh, any opportunity? We live in this place of submission to God. Bring your life in alignment with him, to his word, and in submission to him. So when we are in submission to God, we are actually dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he abides under the shadow of the Almighty. The Bible says a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. So your place of submission is your secret place. It's where you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. So keep every part of your life in submission to God. If anything gets out of alignment, bring it back into alignment. Say, God, I'm sorry. I wandered away there or I did something wrong there. Bring it back in submission because that's your place of authority. And you don't have to fear the devil when you're living in submission to God. And lastly, number four, is to use our spiritual weapons. You see, the Bible tells us right, that we just read 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because you've got this adversary, the devil. He walks about like a roaring lion. Verse 9, resist him, being firm in your faith. Resist him, being firm in your faith. So we've got to resist and God's given us weapons to stand against the enemy. To resist and say, Satan, no more place, no place here. But we've got to use those weapons. We've got to take a hold of those weapons and use it. And I just want to mention our weapons, not necessarily do a detailed study on each of these, but just mention them to us here. The seven things. Number one, the name of Jesus. We know it. The name of Jesus. So when you and I say, in Jesus' name, devil, then you're saying, I'm standing here on the basis of who Jesus is in my life. I'm standing here on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm standing here on his authority. So that's very powerful. In the name of Jesus. Secondly, it's the word of God. It's the word of God. The written scriptures. Think of it. When Jesus, the eternal word, the creator of this universe, when he walked on the earth, and when Satan came to tempt him, Jesus could have said, Hey, devil, you know who made you? Get away. Jesus could have said, Hey, devil, I am the eternal word. Get away. But Jesus did not resist the devil on any of that. He said, It is written. Can you think of it? That the eternal word, the son of God, when he walked the earth, he used the same scriptures that you and I have to fight the devil. Same scriptures. He quoted. It is written. And that's the same weapon he's given you and me. And he says, use the same thing against the devil. Just say the word of God. Say what the Bible says. Don't worry whether it's King James, New King James, NIV, RSV. Hey, just say what the Bible says. It's in your heart. Say it. Any language. The Bible says. Say what the Bible says. It is written. Then we know we have the the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a weapon. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit's in me. The greater one is in me. He's strengthening you and me. He's helping us overcome. He's quickening our bodies. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Powerful. So you depend on him. You declare who he is you. Number four, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. When you and I declare what the blood of Jesus has done for us, we are using a very powerful weapon. The blood says you are redeemed. The blood says you are delivered. The blood says you are in covenant with God. The blood says you are protected. And when you say the blood of Jesus has redeemed me, the blood of Jesus has delivered me, the blood of Jesus has brought me into covenant with God, that's a powerful weapon. You overcome the enemy when you do that. It's like this. The blood of Jesus is like your paid receipt. So when the devil comes to say, hey, you, you owe me something, sorry, paid in full. I don't owe you anything. And the devil comes to say, hey, I have a claim against you, say, sorry, paid in full. You have no claim against me. That's the blood of Jesus. So every time you declare what the blood of Jesus has done for you, you're saying, devil, you have no claim on me, no right over me, nothing over me. The blood of Jesus has taken that off completely. Some other part of the weapons God has given to us is the armor of God. And we all know this. You know, Put on the full armor of God. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. Our feet shod with the gospel of peace. The belt of truth. Uh, the shield of faith. And the... Sort of spirit, which is the word of God. Praise and worship, number six, is another powerful weapon. Just you praising God is a weapon. The Bible says in Psalm 8 and verse 3 that when even out of the mouth of children, God brings praise and it stops the enemy. Do you know? Children saying praise, the enemy is stopped. So praise is a powerful enemy, a weapon against the enemy. When you don't feel like you know, feel bad, or whatever. Just praise God. If you're like me, you can't sing, it's okay. Just say, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I love you. It's okay. I may not be able to carry a tune, but my words of praise are enough to stop the enemy. Amen. Because praise and worship, it stops the enemy. So you will praise God. You worship God. And lastly, prayer and intercession. God's given that to us. And you can go and pray. And when you pray, you are strengthened. You mount up with wings like eagle, eagles. And you come out of, or empowered by God to overcome the enemy. So seven parts of, our, of the weapons God has given to us. What must we do? We must use these weapons when we resist the devil. And the Bible says, if you and I resist the devil, he will flee from us. Amen. I just want us to know, as believers, we can overcome. Live a life that overcomes the devil. He's a tempter. He tempts us. But you can overcome those temptations. He's an accuser. But you can overcome those accusations. He's a deceiver. But you can overcome the deceptions. He, he is an adversary. But you can overcome all of his opposition that he comes up with. Amen. Amen. I want to invite the worship team, pastors, please come. They're going to take some time to pray and minister. I'll sing that song. We speak the name of Jesus. That's a beautiful, powerful song uh, on the name of Jesus. So, I want us to know, as believers, we can live an overcoming life. Next Sunday will be the last message in the series on overcoming, and hopefully, we'll bring all of this out in a book uh, in, in 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 a few weeks. Uh, This is such an important message for, for, for us as believers. To know that we can live overcoming lives. And that's what we want to see. We want to see every child of God live overcoming lives. Overcoming the flesh. Overcoming the world. Overcoming the devil. And live victorious. Amen? And we can all do that. We can all live victorious. We're going to take a few moments to pray. You can remain seated while, uh, while I pray. And then after that, the worship team will lead us. At that time, we can stand. I oh, want to pray. Let's all pray. I'll pray, first of all, over those of us who've been facing Satan's mind games. And you realize those lies that you've been listening to. It's the enemy. He's the father of lies. Those temptations, that's the enemy. Things that have been coming, bombarding your mind, it's the enemy. The mind games. Things that the truth that he's trying to tell you is a lie, or the lie that he's telling you is the truth, that's the enemy. want to pray, want us to pray. And you do what the Bible says. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That is the word of God. I'm bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this morning as you're seated here, you've heard the truth. The devil plays mind games. I want you to resist those wrong thoughts. Tempting thoughts. Seducing thoughts. Intimidating thoughts. Accusing thoughts. Condemning thoughts. Reject it. Don't accept it because God doesn't condemn you. God doesn't. Accuse you, God is for you. So, right now, in the name of Jesus, we cast out every wrong thought, every mind game Satan's trying to play. We cast out those thoughts, we reject those deceptions, we reject the lies of the devil, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to the name of Jesus in the word of God. if there be anyone and you know that you've left an open door for the enemy in your life some sin that you're continuing on and say maybe God doesn't see it you can hide it from people but you can't hide it from God listen that sin is an open door the enemy will come in and go out he'll wreak havoc sooner or later as believers, we the Bible tells us give no place to the devil. Zero. No place. You and I don't want any point of entry for the devil in our lives. Is anyone here you're watching? Now is the time to repent. How do you close the door? Repent. What does it mean to repent? Think differently. And show it in your actions. And so, Father, we repent of any sin, any wrongdoing, any open door that we have. Sometimes the offenses we hold towards people are really an open door in our lives. So get rid of that offense. Make friends. Be at peace. Let every door to be closed. Think differently. Sometimes the enemy intrudes. He tries to get on property, he's not supposed to. He tries to step into area, he's not allowed. But you and I must resist. We must know what is ours. Our spirit, soul, and body belong to God. So right now, we resist the devil. If there's any intrusion, any any violation, against us. In the name of Jesus, I stand against you, devil. I bring every person in the sound of my voice. I declare the power of the blood of Jesus over them, over their spirit, over their soul, over their body, over every part of their being. And in the name of Jesus, Satan, I command you, leave. Take your hands off of God's property. Release their minds. Release their bodies. Release their finances. Release their professional lives, their careers. Release your intrusions. Get off of their lives, their families, their homes. We declare all of these as God's property. And we expel you out of these areas. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's all rise to our feet, please. In the mighty name of Jesus. We are going to speak the name of Jesus. That name is a name of power. That name is the name of life. That name is the name of the one who crushed the enemy. That name is the name that guarantees our victory. That name is the name that is full of authority. That name is the name that causes Satan and all his demons to tremble. That name is the name that has put us in a place of absolute mastery over the enemy. So we're going to speak the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's do that. Let's do that.
0: Every dark addiction starts to break,
3: declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name.
0: Name of Jesus, over fear and all
3: anxiety, to every soul held captive by
0: depression,
3: I speak, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is peace. Shadows, but like a fire,
0: shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy.
3: Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy Jesus for the family I speak the holy name Jesus Jesus from the mountains And Jesus Jesus in the streets Jesus Jesus in the darkness Over
1: We're going to just take some time just to minister as the Holy Spirit leads. I just want you to open up your heart and just expect the Lord to touch you, to heal you, to speak into your life and just minister to you. Those of you watching online, God can minister to you right where you are. you're just going to open up and let the Holy Spirit minister. So let's go ahead. I'll speak Go ahead. Just come forward. Come, come. Let people see you. Just go ahead and minister, and I'll pray. right
0: after they do, um,
4: I'm just going to speak over certain stomach issues that um, that I sense have been a problem over maybe weeks to probably days, or maybe even today. But stomach issues like belching, bloating. Maybe the doctors restricted you from certain diet because of, because of acidity, uh, even, even the bowel syndrome, the irritable bowel syndrome. God has said in his word that he has blessed your food and water and what you eat will be a blessing inside of you. And uh, I'm just going to pray and come against. So is there anyone who's responded to this word? If you can, please. Raise your hands. Okay, I don't see anybody, but I, okay, I think there's somebody at the back. Right, I'm I'm just going to pray over over this, um, and uh, just going to cast out any spirit of infirmity that's there. So I, I can also sense tightness and you know a feeling of. Uh, um, being convoluted inside not explained by science so i'm just going to just cast it out and also just speak healing in jesus name lord we we just declare the power of your name god over your people father and i cast out every spirit of infirmity over the abdomen over over the intestine over the colon we just speak your name and pray for a release god Lord, we speak healing. Lord we, uh, Lord, we just render the work of the enemy powerless over these people's uh, di- uh, digestive systems. Father, where there is indigestion. Father, we, we pray, God, for normalcy to come about, uh, come about. Lord, I speak this in your name. We just speak healing by the blood of the lamp. Even for things that are regular for us, just eating and drinking by the blood of the lamp, we just speak normalcy over it in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Um, I just feel like there's someone watching us. Um, you're having a throbbing on your right ankle, and uh, even the uh, the calf uh, area—it's um, uh, it's it's um, it's paining, uh, that, pla- that part, the calf area, and you're unable to move or fold uh, your right leg. I'm not sure if it's the same person with uh, all the three conditions, but uh, uh, the Lord is healing you right now. Uh, I know it and uh, just want to uh, ask you to extend your faith right now as the Lord is healing you. I just declare the healing power of the Lord over you in Jesus' name and break this condition in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Uh, this is more to do with, uh, you know, how you've uh, been living uh, your life spiritually. Um, you know, I just uh, just feel that it's just, just like how uh, machinery gets rusted and needs oil. You know, uh, maybe there's one person or maybe there's some of us who are feeling that uh, the, uh, my life feels a little rusty now. You know, spiritually, it's like I'm not able to function the way I used to. Right? I, I used to do all this, but now uh, I just feel restricted, rusted and... Uh, I'm not able to flow and uh, I believe that uh, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit is like just like that oil uh, that oil of gladness you know, just to flow through and uh, set things right and, uh, and to enable uh, and to restore uh, things uh, in your spirit again and in your spiritual walk again so let's just pray for that uh, for those of us who are feeling that way you can just reach out to the Lord and say God uh, fill me right now Lord. Father I just pray that uh, you would, you would pour out your spirit upon us, that you would just fill us, and especially for those who are feeling, oh God, who are feeling so restricted and feeling so rusty, and I just pray for the oil of gladness to come upon them, to fill them, to overwhelm them, Lord. I just pray, oh God, that you would draw us close to you again, and I just pray that uh, Lord, that they'll be restored, oh God, to from, uh, from where they were, God, restored to where they were, and even further, Father God, in the coming days. Uh, let a freshness come over you in Jesus' name. Let your heart rejoice in Jesus' name. Let there be a stirring right now in the name of Jesus. And uh, let faith rise up. Let hope rise up. And uh, let there be a freshness. Let it be just like the rain just falling down upon you. And uh, just rejoice in him. For he has indeed made you glad. Amen.
1: Let's just pray. We're just uh, going to pray, just general prayer for healing, for deliverance, and all the specific words you receive, take a hold of it. And uh, if something happens to you right now in the service, just feel free to come up, run up forward. Uh, we like to take testimonies. Something's happened to you. One of these things minister to you. Yeah, just and you want to testify for these things, then just come up. We'll take a few minutes to take those testimonies, right? Let's just pray. I want to just pray a gentle prayer. Lay your hand on your body, but you want the Lord to heal you. Um, I know certain specific conditions were called, but if if, the, if you have any any other conditions, just lay your hand, if possible, on that part of your body. We're going to believe God for healing. Father, your Word says that our bodies are members of Christ that every physical body here is a part of Jesus Christ. And so Satan, I declare to you, you have no authority on the bodies of God's people. You have no authority on the bodies of God's people watching us online. So right where you are, I speak God's healing to you. I take authority of every spirit of infirmity, every spirit causing disorders, diseases. I command you, come out right now. Come out right now chronic conditions leave, even conditions that were there from birth, be made whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We stand in agreement. We declare that every body here is part of Christ's body. The body of Christ has no sickness, no disease, no torment, no oppression. Therefore, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. I command healing right now. I command tumors to disappear right now, to wither up from the from the roots and I command tumors to disappear, cysts to disappear, to go away in the name of Jesus, lumps to disappear in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your healing. Uh, Somebody who's got a problem with your your sense of smell, you're being healed right now in the name of Jesus that's being restored to you right now in the name of Jesus. We release healing for people. Uh, If your hand was, was hurt and you're unable to move your hand because of a stroke condition begin to move it. Stretch out your hand right now, just by faith. Begin to stretch out. It was maybe held up like this, but just begin to stretch out. Begin to move it. Even a little movement that you attempt. Let the healing power of God flow through right now and cause a restoration of movement to take place right now for you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that every physical body is part of the body of Christ. The body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Jehovah Rafa is for our body. Jehovah Rafa is for our body. From the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Our bodies are healed. Our bodies are whole. Our bodies are strong. And we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. And we receive our healing. Let's all say this together. My body, my body is for, the Lord. Is for the, Lord. the Lord. And the Lord is for my body. For my body. My body is a part of the body of Christ.
0: In Christ, there is no sickness. There is no sickness.
1: In my body, In my body sickness has no place. Sickness has no place. My body, my body is, a part is a part of the body of, Christ. the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Any testimonies here? Something happened to you right now. Something happened to you right now. Uh, You want to come up and testify. we will take a few minutes. Uh, Just come up here. Something happened to you right now. You received a healing. God ministered to you. Don't feel feel shy. Just come up and testify. Something happened to you right now. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to close. And of course, you can email your testimonies. You can go home. Check it for a few days get a check by the doctor, all of that you're welcome to do and then send in your testimonies. Okay, we are going to close. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the sweet, empowering, Abiding, strengthening, comforting presence, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Continue with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.